Hey, what's up? Welcome to Web3 for Basic Bitches. We're your hosts. I'm Claudia. And I'm Vanessa. Today's episode, we're going to talk about what the fuck is Web3. We're going to learn about the internet, how is it different from the World Wide Web, where it came from, mm -hmm. and why we even yeah, care about why Web3. should it even make you excited at all to watch this? But before that, yeah. we'll do a little check-in. Okay, right? how's our check-in? Yeah. Okay, so let's start with what makes you a basic bitch. <laughs> Um, today, yeah. what makes me a basic bitch is probably wearing like, white socks with my sandals. Mm -hmm. I'm also rapping. Yeah. So. Yeah. Also, you should name your sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. You can't really um, see it. Free Britney. Hashtag free Britney. Free Britney. What makes me basic is I want to do a manifestation board. I really want to. We need to dream it up 2023. If you don't plan, you plan to fail. That's true. Yeah. That's what they say. <laughs> Do you want to get into it? In your own words, what is Web3? I hate that you asked me. Um, what is Web3? Web3, when I think about it, is the next generation of the internet. Like, next step. It is the next generation, <laughs> but it's not necessarily of the internet, because mm -hmm. the internet and the World Wide Web are actually two different things. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. What? Yeah, yeah, they are different. So the internet is at the bottom, it's the foundation, and the World Wide Web is like on top of the internet, because the internet was developed in the 1960s. The 1960s. Yes. Okay. So like as old as our parents. Right. But the web wasn't invented until 1989, and the first web browser wasn't yeah. until 1993, which was Mosaic. Okay. And I was one at that time, so. We'll I have a little timeline, because I'm picturing it in my head. Yeah, so like 60s is the internet, but mm -hmm. the World Wide Web doesn't actually start until early 90s. This is like Web 1 as, you know, you were able to see it. Okay, so the first time we're using the internet, Web 1, we can only read, right? That's really the extent of what you could do. So I Because hear... without the internet, you can't have the web. There we go. Yeah. With Web 1, you have the ability to access these static documents. And Hold on. Static? <laughs> Okay, static. I, every time you say a word that I'm like, then <laughs> okay, let's see good. what happens. So static just means that you can't change it. Like the opposite of static is dynamic. Dynamic is something that you can be changing. Okay, static, you can't change. You're looking mm -hmm. at it. You can't interact with it at all. Other than reading. Other than read reading. It. You can't edit anything. It's just okay. read access only. Like, have you ever gotten a doc? And then you try to edit the doc and it says you don't have edit rights. Yeah. And you're like, cool. That's Web Can one. you send me a different email? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Let me just redraft it and resend yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's Web 1. Okay, so we got Web right, 1. We got Web 1. What about Web 2? Web 2, you're able to post things to the web. So mm. this is where, like, blogging gets really popular. This is where social media yeah. gets really popular. This is Web 2. Vlogging, blogging, social mm -hmm. media, content creation. Exactly. And this got things. super popular in like the early 2000s. Right. Early 2000s, little mm -hmm. teenager, like, let and, me put out my own shit. Right. And keep in mind that like, just because Web 2 existed didn't mean that Web 1 died. It's not a, if Web 3 exists, Web 2 is dead. It's right. just an extension of it. Okay. We're just evolved. We're growing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So what... What was the first, I guess, Web 2 with social media? What was like the early social media? What would we see? 
So there's like early, early social yeah. media in like the late 90s. So we've got six degrees. We have this journal diary. Yeah, a yeah. lot of like journal, um, journal.com or like diary, yeah, my diary. Yeah, there's a lot of venting going on in the late yeah. 90s, apparently. Because <laughs> that was, it's actually interesting. That was the first use case for it. It was like, even before you're making friends, it was like, let me share my feelings. Right. And maybe it'll resonate with someone. It was like, you were already trying to like, connect with people on a different level that because like think about it like you were literally making your diary public mm -hmm. would you ever do that in like IRL in IRL no yeah right yeah because then I would picture myself like standing on the podium and be like this is me <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly exactly so it's actually kind of interesting thinking about that vulnerability that you had yeah in Web2 and just putting it out there so many like... people can access that um, another thing with web two is that now, since we're putting out all our information there, when we sign into things, log into things, we give out a lot of our personal information. But why does that matter? Right. Cause like we always hear yeah. like, I'm not doing anything sketchy. So like, why does it matter that my data is out in the public? Because things aren't generally free in web two, right? It's like you like sell out yourself, right? Like because your information, yeah. Like how so you're like, like cool, cool, it's free. Here's my phone number, right? And then you keep getting all these phone calls, spam calls. So then, is like the solution having a pay per use type of web? No, I think the solution is to not have a big conglomerate of because you have your like main players, right? Now in Web two, you have Meta. Google, you have these like big conglomerates that are, that is what we look for when it comes to making things more efficient. But in reality, with us giving them so much information, they can do a lot of things with that, that the average person like doesn't really give a fuck about. Well, until you're, we're talking about like photo suppression. Until we're talking about <laughs> yeah. suppression, the ability to kind of I don't know, control the data in a way that it can like manipulate us because yes. we don't even have access to view it. What we're kind of asking for then is that like, we just want to view the data too. We want access to the data because mm -hmm. the data is going to exist regardless, right? Because sure. even when things are on a blockchain, like everybody has access. So it's not necessarily your, unless you're going through like some sort of like medium, kind of like tornado cash, which I don't okay, remember. Okay, let's not, hold on. <laughs> Okay, we, don't have, to we don't have to get into it. No, no. Right. Okay, but but what I'm trying to say is like there are ways to be anonymous on blockchain. There we but go. The default is it's all public, right. right? So everything can be traced back to a person. Meta and Google, they have all of our data, and you know we don't want that. Well, the it's still going to live on the blockchain, mm -hmm. but I think the difference is that now we can access it too, and we can build kind of our own applications around it. We don't feel like of they're the only ones that have like that are able to do something with it because they're monetizing off of it yes so they're monetizing off of it they're able to i mean they're bettering themselves and their technology with it they have our little consent to it at the bottom you know check mm -hmm. <laughs> check and uh make sure you've read our like terms of application and all that right which i don't read yeah <laughs> i mean all. who does right like we trade conveniency for for privacy so we've talked about Web 1, talked about Web 2. Yes. And a little bit of what Web 3 a is. A little bit about what Web 3 is. So let's get into Web 3. What so is Web 3? Web 3 is the new generation of the World Wide Web, building decentralized applications by building them on blockchain. And let's, so 
break that down. Yeah. <laughs> so decentralized. Decentralized versus centralized. When we think of the web today and we think about the sites that we're interacting with, think of all your logins, right? Every single time you access a website, you're probably already using your Google, either your mm -hmm. Apple, yeah. some sort of centralized entity has a CEO behind it. And as we've kind of been able to see, when you have that kind of centralization where there's just like one place of one point of failure. You have the main player. Yes. And then, you know, you got his the little like kind of spreads out yeah but if this thing breaks fails, yeah. or breaks or they're bribed or anything mm -hmm. like that i mean you can see how the whole become system... corrupt manipulated exactly yeah so with central with decentralization we're now looking at having these networks just spread out spread out mm -hmm. right um running on different nodes so instead of just one head there are multiple there are several exactly so if one thing fails, mm -hmm. you still have the vast majority. On our next episode, we'll talk about how blockchain works because this is kind of like, it deserves its own episode, but mm -hmm. for today's, we're just gonna, we're gonna we'll keep it into short. It, yeah. yeah, we're gonna keep it short that Web3 is the next generation of the World Wide Web. Mm -hmm. And its mission is to build decentralized applications using blockchain technologies. Why do I keep hearing all about web three like i didn't even know web two was a thing until i like, started hearing about web three and then i was like wait how did we get to three i thought the web was the web web three really matters because it's leveraging these types of technologies okay. that you see really prevalent during the renaissance hmm. and this is like a new age all of right just history lesson yeah <laughs> yeah history lesson so right now we have this like pretty interesting world where there's just a lot of people working really really hard mm -hmm. and there's a very small amount of people that hold a lot of the wealth right now present yes right okay. now present and yes we live in a wonderful country in the u.s right. where you can kind of do your own thing be whoever you want to be but mm -hmm. the reality is is that the world is much larger than the u.s and yes. in the world don't have those kind of opportunities and so what's interesting that we see in web three is that we have access to this double entry bookkeeping, which is what the blockchain is. It's an online ledger. And what's really like, what's so important about this? Yeah. Like, who cares about double entry exactly. Bookkeeping, right? What does that even mean? Did, have you ever taken accounting? No, not accounting, accounting. economics, accounting. Different. No. <laughs> okay. Different. So in accounting, there's this basically a, a principle where your debits should always equal your credits. If they don't, there's something shady going on. Money's missing and like you need to figure out where the money's going. Your debits should equal your credit. Yes. Your okay. debits are going to be your plus mm -hmm. on the balance and then your credits will be the the minus. You're taking away. I know we're too young for checkbooks, but this is basically how it worked, right? Like you pay something, it becomes a credit. We're too young for checkbooks. We are. We grew up with apps. Like, I have one, but I Same. I honestly don't remember the last time I used it. I mean, I was 16 when I got my first bank account that I actually managed. Mm -hmm. And by then, we had online banking. And I'm pretty sure I had an iPhone by then. So I, I had the app. Why you the had fuck? an iPhone when you were 16? I grew up in Scottsdale. What do you oh, think? Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. I had a Motorola flip phone. All right, let's circle it back. Anyway. So we're talking about accounting. Um, okay. Principle of accounting. And why this is important is like, if you and I wanted to conduct trade, we need 
a centralized database and this centralized database would act as like it'd be like a government or it would be a bank mm -hmm. and now we have the ability to have financial transactions without a bank okay like this is We're like keeping track of yeah. this thing was sold here mm -hmm. is it all your own things like this was sold here this was sold there like i sold this thing and i'm getting <laughs> So I don't really get what the question, but let me try to re-explain what I'm trying to say. All right, all right, all right. So in today's world, if I want to create, if I want to make a transaction, like I want to pay for a service, mm -hmm. I would have to send you money. But how can I send you money? I have to go either through Zelle, which is through an institutional bank like Chase, or I would have to go through Venmo and just so many middle applications in order for me to get money to you. Right. And how long does that normally take for me to send money to you? Through if it's Zelle. Vanguard, fucking three business days. What I'm trying to say is that these financial transactions aren't always instant either. But when you leverage something like the blockchain, when you when you send ETH to someone, it happens immediately. And you're mm -hmm. you're paying the service. The service fee that you're paying is to the network. Right. So it's direct. Exactly. Yes. One other technology that we saw that really just blew up was this ability to be able to share ideas and you were able to do that with the printing press yeah and so the printing press was huge it was a game changer right because, because beforehand yeah beforehand the only ones who knew how to read or write were those of people in power yeah who were noble who were noble who, like you had to be born into this yeah like, there was no well, if I work really, really hard, I can like maybe make it. It was like, no, nah, it you was don't like, okay, I'm going to write all the family secrets into this book that no one can read because it's in Latin. And it's and then I'm gonna, in one place. Right. But in an archive. To. And even if you think you have access to it, you don't because you need to go through all these motions of how to get access. And if you think about it in today's world, if you have this crazy idea, it can actually be blocked right like yeah it could actually be blocked and right that's dangerous it, because yep. i know you know history is like a pendulum right like we swing from like being super more you know open-minded and free-spirited mm -hmm. to like yeah, wow like oh wait got, hold it back hold yeah, it yeah, back. yeah yeah we got a little too yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. you gotta like tone and it then down we're like let me go <laughs> yeah and right <laughs> now i think a lot of us could agree we're on our way back to like having a more restrained environment mm -hmm. and like what you're able to even talk about and i think that it's just not ever a good idea to have any one person or one entity to be able to like press a button and say you have been deleted from the world right because that's what it is if you get like deleted or canceled to be banned i mean how do you like how do you engage with people right mm -hmm. like people's livelihoods are built on social well that's media. when other things start popping up like what no, I was going to ask you again about the printing press. Okay. So with the printing press, yeah. what are, we know the nobles were the only ones that could read or write. Mm -hmm. um, how did the printing press change things? It changed things because if you wanted to spread an idea or just literature or even a story, you mm -hmm. had to do it all through the church. And so it was a very, it was a centralized institution. And if you weren't doing what the church wanted, they wouldn't print your stuff. What the printing press was able to do was now it gave the ability to anybody who had mm -hmm. access to a printing press to print any idea and distribute, you know? It was more affordable. Yeah, you could distribute your ideas. You find your community. Um, and also 
you didn't necessarily know need to know how to read right because right, with some that's where they would use images mm -hmm. that's when memes meme started yeah <laughs> meme culture started and it's like the same thing you see today with like the meme cultures that we have today and mm -hmm. i think if you ask anybody regardless of like what what color flag you're gonna choose we can all say we have pretty heavily distrust towards our centralized government mm -hmm. i don't think anybody trusts them especially like Right. Nobody I mean, does. if you look at our last video, you'll see the the <laughs> yeah, trend the of it. Has been going the down. trust has been steadily going down for mm -hmm. years. And so we bring it back to the death of the nation state. Yeah. This is what it. I think it just truly comes down to is like having sovereignty towards your own like mm -hmm. freedom, freedom, your independence, your um, just anything. Like we're seeing that like the the nation state has all these resources but they're not making good investments right like i'd rather take those opportunities and invest things in what i think would be a better trade-off yeah that's fair because right now i mean depending on what you want to do with what you put out there it can be limited or you need like certain access whereas in web3 there's it's how old is it web three yeah we can i guess web three you can say it's built on blockchain technology blockchain, blockchain technology didn't start until 2008 i believe yeah 2008 yeah. when satoshi released the white paper right but bitcoin wasn't traded until 2009 i know so we... we move over a little bit oh yeah the sun's getting you a little bit now yeah let's circle it back why why are we comparing Web3 to the printing press, to double entry uh, bookkeeping? Great Did question. I say it right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were looking at me and I was like... I was just like, are you done with your Yeah, question? I was done with my question. <laughs> you were going yeah, slow. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. So the way it kind of all circles back is the double entry bookkeeping is like literally the blockchain. The blockchain is this online ledger where you're able to view financial transactions or just any type of transactions and anybody can view it mm -hmm. right like there's as long as you have a connection to the internet anyone in the world can view it and you can't change it think okay. of okay think of a google drive document right everybody knows what a google drive document is it's, i mean right yeah hopefully. most people do okay quick little tldr um too long to read it's a document that you can share with others and you can specify what kind of, um, what's the word? What kind permissions of you can, mm, okay. You give them permissions, whether they can view or edit. And this is very important. You want to remember that the permissions, the permissions is given by a central entity. Mm. So blockchain, the ledger is this document, Yes. but everybody has permissions to view and edit. Mm -hmm. nobody controls whether you can view or edit every just it's that's the default and that's what makes it so fucking powerful because yes. it's this thing that everybody can contribute to mm -hmm. and like you i don't need the permission of my government i don't need the permission of anybody right. i can just participate in it and the entire world can kind of connect with this right like language isn't a barrier here like so this is the the double entry bookkeeping right okay. so it's a place where multiple parties can view this data 
mm -hmm. and can also post to this data. They can view the data and there are validators too, right? They can also validate. Yeah, and the validator, the validators are nodes, mm -hmm. depending if it's like proof of work, proof of stake. Right, which we'll get into. You hear Next those episode. words, don't worry about it. Yeah. Let it come in, go out, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> we're just dipping our toes in there. Um, okay, so we have... Double entry bookkeeping. Right. And so how is the, how is Web3 related to the printing press? Yes. Um, it's because nobody can shut it down. So the printing press, mm -hmm. you could distribute ideas without the church saying, we don't like your idea. We're going to shut it down. We're just not going to let it even be a thing. Everything can be a thing when you're using blockchain technologies because you're not posting. You're now saving mm -hmm. this data onto um, things like Arweave, um, things yeah. like Filecoin, peer-to-peer -peer networks, something where there's no one entity like if... Mark Zuckerberg wanted to shut you down, like he could mm -hmm. shut down Facebook. If Google wanted to shut you down, like think about everything you would lose. If Apple and Google were like, fuck you, we don't like what you have to say. Yeah, they're like- Your pictures are gone, all chaos. your content's gone, yep. all your accounts are gone because all your accounts log in with your Google, your your Facebook. Literally your, everything, everything is, is connected together. to my Google. Yeah, so if it's down, like you're fucked. Mm -hmm. And so you, they've taken you out, right? And with blockchain technologies, if you use something like ENS, like Ethereum name service, no one, even if, um, oh my God, even if Vitalik hates you, he can't Who's shut Vitalik? you down. Hold on. Vitalik is one of the founders of Ethereum and he's basically mm -hmm. our, I don't want to call him president or Some God. Some people call him daddy. Yeah, he's called daddy pretty That's often. Very yeah. Yeah, it is, it is a bit cringe. <laughs> but if you meet him, if you get to know him, if you get to see him even like talk, You'll get why he, he's earned the daddy name. But, <laughs> yeah. but basically, he's, he's our dude that we look to and we're like, we trust what you're doing and we trust that you're going to make the best thing for the most amount of mm -hmm. people. Like, we trust I, Vitalik. Yeah. But always verify. Don't just trust. Always verify. Vitalik can't shut you down because mm -hmm. it's ran on a decentralized network. Should we just close it down? Yeah. Okay, cool. Or so do you want to talk about ChatGPT really quick? <laughs> ChatGPT. Um, okay, so I think we just have to give this to our followers, our listeners, yeah. because I've, here's the scoop. Where we've learned over the past couple of days that a lot of you all are not in the know with ChatGPT. Yes. And let me name a couple of ways ChatGPT has changed my life that are non-technical. So, but I think what we should first start with is um, what is it? What is it? I guess I kind of want to go with you've been seeing like AI Lenza, like like Lens, so like eight profile pictures that yeah AI has altered that looks like you. Yeah, if you've done it, you've done AI. Because I feel like that blew the fuck up. Right for the basic and people. everyone was yeah posting about yeah. it. Instagram was like, oh my god, Lenza, look at my look at me, and then. Twitter was like, oh my God, ChatGPT, look, it can code. Right, which is like <laughs> the next fucking step is ChatGPT. Yeah, know? so ChatGPT, what it is, it's basically just a really fucking smart chat box. It's, it's Google like Google on steroids. on steroids. is literally what I was going to say. It's literally yeah. Google on steroids. Mm -hmm. So if you are someone where you're like, wait, how do you do this? What do you do that? How do I explain this? You can go to chat.openai.com and you can log in through a centralized way like my, i did my google google you questions. can ask it questions like let me see if i have one that's a little i can talk fun. a little bit of mine like really quick i thought okay. mine were super cool 
So for New Year's, I'm thinking, oh my God, like what kind of fun for New Year's Eve? I wanted to make a really fun cocktail mm -hmm. and I didn't know like what to make. So I just asked ChatGPT, like hosting a New Year's Eve party. Can you make a fun cocktail batch ingredient recipe? Yeah. And you were, did you say something like fruity? Do you have it yeah, there? Yeah. So it first came up. Oh, dinner. Let's see. Ending. Because now market. it saves what you ask. I know, but I'm just like wondering what, which one it was. Well, I have one. I have one that says write a Twitter thread. Oh, that is that. engaging and witty. <laughs> and I was like, make it about fiat, monetary policy, fractional reserve, lending, and cryptocurrency. That's hilarious. Have you posted so, it yet? I haven't posted it yet, but um, you will see it soon. Okay, so mine, I asked, what's a fun batched New Year's Eve cocktail? And it came up with this sparkling punch, but I wasn't feeling fruity. So I go, what are two other less fruity options? Mm -hmm. And it says, sure, here are two additional back cocktail. Here are two additional batch cocktail ideas that are less fruity. A classic martini and number two, a bourbon sour. Which Let is the one tell you with? It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. And then later I was like asking it how to make a papa la huancaina for 14 people. Mm -hmm. And it gives you the portions for 14 people. Yeah. I even said write an engaging. I even put list some funny memes regarding fiat and cryptocurrency <laughs> and monetary policy. It says, <laughs> quote, when the government says they're not printing more money, but the bank is secretly doing it through fractional reserve lending. Ooh, that's a hot, that's a hot take. Oh, and you can, all right, so here are for the ones that like, you want to apply for a new job, but don't really know what to say or do. Well, ChatGPT can help. If you um, put in your resume, you'll copy paste your resume into the like little text box. Do you just box. tell it like, this is my resume? You say, okay, here's my resume. And then you have your resume there, copy pasted right in here, right? And then underneath you can type something along the lines of like this is the company that i'm applying for and copy paste the entire description of for the job whoa, whoa wait. i'm maybe i'm jumping stones here but are you telling me that i might never have to write a cover letter again yes you will you might not have to wear a cover letter or have a you might not have to write a cover letter ever again or a resume you can have templates. You can make a playlist. If you let ChatGPT know, you can give it three examples, mm -hmm. five examples. Um, we were oh, trying to come up with LLC names. Didn't your um, coworker write a book with ChatGPT? Yes. So it didn't write the book. It, so it actually wasn't ChatGPT. Okay, just kidding. It was cancel, Dolly. Cancel. We're not talking about that. Well, it's another okay, type well, of AI, very similar. Um, is Dolly also? Open. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's made by the same people. With open, the same people, OpenAI. Yeah, OpenAI. Um, but Dolly is uh, an imaging AI generator. Yes. So he pasted all of the text to his book and then it generated some really cool art that looked like very childish. Mm -hmm. Well, like children, not child. Yes. And it's free right now. Exactly. I How much? honestly okay. cannot believe that you don't have to pay for this. It's because, because... it's like, because it, it, it's learning everything. But I want to know how much would you pay for it? Honestly? Okay, are we talking monthly or like yearly subscription? I mean, they have the both options, but let's say you're going to do a monthly. 
For unlimited questions? For unlimited questions? I don't know. Like, I was thinking I would give it like $300. Okay. <laughs> cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Like, I was like, am I, what I'm thinking is too ridiculous. Wait, a month? $300 yeah. a month. A month. Yeah. Because like the reality is, is that it Which can... honestly is like how Jasper AI or those other copywriting mm. platforms. Really? I want to say that's how much they are. A month? I don't know. I haven't heard of Jasper. What's Jasper? Jasper is like... And this has become an AI podcast? It's like a copywriting thing for... It's like this, but you can't do as much as you can for with ChatGPT. Yeah, ChatGPT, like, it literally made a grid box for me mm-hmm. in 30 seconds. And coded things no, for you. Yeah, it coded a grid box for me. Like, I'm sorry, for all the programmers out there who, like, don't want to center a div, who are like... Flexbox or Grid, ChatGPT will write it out for you. It'll mm-hmm. help you out with documentation. It'll write MD files for you. It'll do so much. Yeah. If you need a time frame of how to do things or what to do or your client needs something or that's a, a time frame or a plan, like oh, it, it will break things down for you. It wrote a marathon training plan for me. I let it know how many miles I run, what I'm comfortable with running, and concurrently a strength training plan. <laughs> okay, we've yeah! got it. Wait. Okay, shout out, shout Ivan. out to Ivan. Recap. What is Web3, Recap. Claudia? What is Web3? Web3 is the next generation of the World Wide Web. Fuck yeah. What's the World Wide Web? The World Wide Web is built on top of the internet. Yeah? Cool. Okay. Yeah. What is it about Web3 that gives us these Renaissance vibes? For me, it's bringing the power back to the people. That there are... By decentralization. Able... Exactly. By decentralization, we can... Uh, give more information out. We can be the owners to the information that we provide and that whatever is on the blockchain is validated and open. Because it's permissionless. Yes. Anybody can view the blockchain. Anybody can post to it. Um, nobody can regulate. And That's with that, yeah, let's close it. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for listening to Web3 for Basic Bitches. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, on TikTok, on Lens. Uh, It's the same same name on all. It's Web3 for Basic Bs. Yes. BS, because we can't say bitches. We can't say bitches. Because some people don't like it. Yeah. Some central entities don't let us use profanity. My mother. Well, I meant like... She doesn't like that I keep saying bitches, but... It's part of the name. 